Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Grow With Soul. Today is a coaching episode with Christina Paul, a web designer and copywriter who helps heart workers with their brand clarity and to help them feel fully expressed in their words and websites. Christina has been avoiding marketing her business, but now that she's introducing a new offering and feels empowered to share her message, she wants to start slowly and quietly being more visible online. In this episode, we talk about how to think about marketing generally and the customer journey, how to introduce new offerings aligned with your purpose, what jobs your channels need to do, and how to be consistent with your activities. Just a note before we start that the core connection with Christina wasn't amazing. So the clarity of the audio isn't quite at the level we'd usually have for Grow a Soul, but still it's a really great conversation and I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Christina. Hi, Kate. How is it over there in Hawaii? <laughs> oh, I'm, I must, I confuse a lot of people. We've actually, we're actually now in Indonesia. Oh, I thought it was the other way around. I guess that's yeah, nice, well, it, though. In the last two and a half years, we've moved from Hong Kong to Hawaii. So we're now in Indonesia and we're moving to Bali soon. So Gosh. we're kind of all over the map in more ways than one. <laughs> I mean, that's still pretty dreamy, right? Yeah, moving with two kids is not as dreamy as you think, but no, we're, we're, we're making the most of being in all these gorgeous places. Yeah, well, that was kind of a, a weird introduction to you. Um, so maybe <laughs> let's talk a little bit about, you know, why you're doing all this moving. So give us a bit about your background and your life and your business. Okay, all right. I'm Eurasian. My dad's from the UK. My mom's from Hong Kong. So I grew up in different countries, but mainly London and Hong Kong. And I've led a very higgledy-piggledy life. But if I look back, I'd say that the desire to be creative and my interest in the topic of self-actualization were kind of my two threads throughout the higgledy-piggledyness. But to backtrack it, when I was you know, thinking, okay, what do I want to do with life? What university do I go to? Everything I applied for was art, creative arts, uh, history of art and digital arts. And then, you know, on your UCAS form, you sort of have six options. I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll put in Oxford as well. And I totally messed up my interview, but then they accepted me. And I was like, oh gosh, mm-hmm. well, I guess I'm supposed to do the sensible thing mm. and go to Oxford. So I did. I did Japanology of all things. But the whole time I was just kind of itching and itching to do something more creative. So I left. Once I finished my degree, I then went to dance school. And from there, I kind of ran away with the circus Mm. and joined my favorite, favorite dance company of all time as a tour manager. So I traveled the world for three years with the dance troupe and it was amazing. But being the sort of what's my calling type person that I am I sort of just kept looking and then moved back to Hong Kong and I worked with my my friend on their theater arts brand doing a lot of performing work and production work and then I was still looking still searching and I ended up in the field of mind-body medicines I started, studied kinesiology and aromatherapy and positive psychology and so I felt like I was getting closer and closer to what what I felt I was meant to do and so for five years that was my thing I I studied I built up um, a practice in Hong Kong I had an aromatherapy brand and it was an uphill climb but after about five years I was finally getting it all to a, a healthy place and then my husband who's an educator got a job in Hawaii so we're like wow that sounds fun and it was really difficult to pull myself away from my business because I'd poured so much time and heart into it but it, it just felt like the right move for the family so we got on a plane went to Hawaii and it was beautiful and my boy Bailey was approaching no he was just one so I was a stay-at-home mom and so I had to sort of rethink the whole work-life thing and 
that's when I started exploring the world of online business. And so my first attempt was to take my therapy coaching practice online. Mm-hmm. So my first year was really learning about what this whole online business thing is, you know, doing all the courses, listening to all the webinars. And I, I, I had my website, it was called Positively Psyched, and I was doing all the things, the blog, mm-hmm. the newsletter, the free options. <laughs> and it was really me just learning the ropes. And then about nine months in, I fell pregnant with Hazel, my, my daughter. And I was pretty sick in the first three months. And the last thing I wanted to be was visible. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to hide away. I cannot be in the spotlight. I just need to hibernate. And while this is all happening, we're realizing that being an educator in Hawaii is nothing like being an educator in Asia. So our savings are starting to dwindle quite scarily. And, you know, I can see that this thing that I'm doing is really a a long-term game. It's a slow burn. It's something, you know, I need a lot of time with, but I need to start bringing some income for our growing family. So I kind of, one day I sat down, I put my whole life purpose thing aside and I was like, okay, let's just, put my big girl pants on and find a way to bring in some money for the family. So I just wrote a list of things that I could do and web design and copywriting was on that list. And that's because, you know, I've kind of been in the entrepreneurial startup space for, well, I guess 10 years. And in that time I'd DIY'd a lot of my own sites and blogs and I love that kind of stuff. I mean, it was the kind of guilty pleasure work that I shouldn't have been spending too much time on, but I'd end up just doing all night. So I thought, okay, well, that's something I can do. And I'm, I know my way around Squarespace really well. And I loved the business model in that I could probably get it rolling with minimal marketing and audience building. Because I think I was quite fatigued from my year mm. of trying to figure it all out. Mm. And, you know, with me just like, okay, I'd see the hunker down, get this thing rolling and try and be a mom of two kids at the same time. So that's what I did. I, I just launched my web design business, Zioni Creations. I got it out there and literally within days, I had a couple of clients and it kind of just organically grew from there, mainly by word of mouth, the occasional Facebook share that I did just mm-hmm. within my own, you know, circles. And I was quite comfortable with just, you know, being in my cave and um, humming along and just the whole low maintenance of it all. Because when you've got two kids, you've already got too many tabs open and I <laughs> just didn't have the bandwidth for anything else other than my clients and my kids. So I'm about 18 months in now. And um, really happy with how things have grown. Um, but I'd say towards the end of last year, I was just starting to get really overwhelmed and felt like I was approaching burnout. So I was just juggling too many projects and it felt like I sort of squeezed myself out of my own life, basically. Like I was just, I imagined it like, you know, one of those tennis ball machines shooting balls at you and I was just trying to hit all the balls and so I kind of just went okay whoa stop turn that machine off step back why are you doing this what's this all about so I basically just very consciously created some space for myself to sink back in and um, that reflection was you know that sort of soul searching period was really good for me because I realized okay web design and copywriting is my what that's what I do but really what is motivating me is the original why that I was pursuing with my coaching work and that was it was really about helping at the time it was about helping people live sort of fully expressed lives and now it was about helping big-hearted women feel fully expressed in their words and their websites I was like okay it, it all makes sense this this is it this is what I'm here to do and it's kind of bringing my kind of creative side and my self-actualization work into one nice little package. So I was like, okay, great. So where I'm at right now is that, you know, through that digging, I've just found a lot of clarity around, you know, what I want to be doing and how I want to be doing it. And I'm in the process of creating a process called heart work, which is getting to the heart of what you do. Because what I realized is that creating your website should be the kind of, you should have reached some clarity 
But that clarity requires quite a bit of, well, what I was doing, like just making the space, softening into it, asking the deeper questions. And, you know, whilst I'm sure all designers, including myself, would put out a questionnaire to sort of get that clarity for our clients, it, I realized that actually we need to do, you know, a bit of ad-libbing before that. And so I've created a workbook that's, you know, just some prompts to really help people get to the heart of what they do. And I'm working with clients now to just get clear on what's their sort of magic and how are they going to infuse that potently into their words and their websites. So that's where I'm at. And I came to you because on the one hand, you know, I very intentionally created a very, very minimal business because I'm a mom and I want to make sure that I can be present for my kids and that I'm not a frazzled, overworked person and that I'm working from an inspired place. But on the other hand, I want to feel fully expressed in my brand as well. And I'm realizing that just creating websites for people isn't quite hitting the right spot. I've, I've got to the point where I've got so much I want to say mm-hmm. and so much I want to express and create that actually I do need to start coming out of my cave so that I'm not just sort of autopiloting, but that I'm actually intentionally finding the people that I want to work with and, you know, putting my message out there. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, gosh. And so it sounds like you've had a very soul-searching period of time. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of did it backwards. I like, I figured out my what and then I had to go back and reclaim the why. But yeah, it's been good. And so you're happy with the balance that you've struck now, because obviously that's very different from the original coaching work you were doing. Does it still feel a little bit like a compromise to be still doing the design and things or are you kind of moved away? No, I, I do. I, I love the design work because I love, you know, when I, when I wasn't doing creative work, when I was just doing coaching, I really missed being able to sort of, you know, create something tangible for people and sort of create a little legacy of look, look what I've made. And so I feel like what I'm doing now is really bringing those two parts of me together. And with coaching, sometimes it can be very sort of atmospheric. And I do love that by the end of our process, I've actually got something really practical mm. and tangible to to give people. And, you know, that sort of moment where you unveil the website and they're like, oh my gosh, that's totally me that's Mm. totally it you know I I love that so I guess what I want to do is is start to you know balance the two things out a bit so that I can do you know that deep work with people but also get to you know turn it into a website that really does them justice and that can really sort of be a game changer for them in Mm. their business Mm, yeah so it's kind of best of both worlds kind of thing yeah okay so what's kind of your core problem at the moment because obviously you've been doing all one-to-one project-based kind of things and obviously you've said space is very important to you but once one goes up the other goes down and is that kind of where you're at now your sticking point it's exactly where I'm at right now because, oh, yeah, I want the space on the one hand, but on the other hand, you know, and, and, and now, you know, at the moment I have like a very minimal IG feed and I've got, you know, no blog, no newsletter. And so it's kind of, like I, I, I want to invite this stuff into my life now, but there's this kind of fear of, whoa, how do I find the time for that? So yeah, I, I feel like a sort of a restructuring needs to happen. Mm. Yeah, because is it finding the time to do the stuff, the newsletter, the blog, the social media, or is it what will come from that, i.e. more people (laughs) needing things from you and how to channel that? Yes, that's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so is it the marketing that you're worried about or what to do with the people when they find you? It's It's probably a bit of both and... You know, part of this is wanting to be able to work with more people in a much more affordable way. I mean, there's only so many web design clients I can take on and only so many people that can afford or, or, you know, want a full web design service. So, you know, I also want to create an offering, be it coaching and maybe in the future, a course where I feel like I can serve 
more people with the sort of the clarity work with, around their brand. So, you know, it, it is a bit of both. It's that you know, I really want, there's a lot I want to express. So that's a good sign. You know, it's, I, I wanted to make sure I didn't feel like I needed to be on Instagram and I needed to write a newsletter just because, mm. you know, of growth. I wanted to make sure that there's actually a sort of a deeper intention behind this. And to me, it is wanting to really be more fully expressed in what I do. So, yeah, I think I've, I've struggled with, you know, consistency. I've had these little spurts of, you know, IG action and then I just hibernate again. <laughs> mm-hmm. So at the moment, it's like, you know, I'm, I feel like the engine's all cranked up and it just wants to go. But it's like, hey, wait a second. Have you actually thought this out? And can you pull this off? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I guess there's a lot of the the engines all cranked up. But also, if you're going out and sending all the newsletters and doing all the Instagram, like what what is it for? Like because you don't want to go out and do all the things, and then it not be completely joined up at your end that you get all these inquiries, you have all these people who are interested, but you've got nothing to channel them into. And again, not doing it for the sake of doing it, even though you're doing it because you want to express yourself, but also it has to have a business reason as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think the immediate offering that hopefully by the time, you know, this goes live, we'll, we'll be ready is the Heartwork Coaching Package, which is the Heartwork prompts that lead into some clar- a clarity call that leads into some um, implementation and then wraps up with a feed- sort of feedback on you know, actually turning it into their website copy. So that I feel like it's more bite-sized in terms of my time and capacity. So that's kind of my immediate sort of next step. How does that sound? Mm. So when you say it's more bite-sized, because it's still quite one-to-one, but if you're moving into something slightly different, I mean, it's all joined up, but it's always good to do some one-to-one before you really, you know, rather than launch a course when you've you've consciously not built an audience until now, so launching a course isn't the right thing to do. Yeah, no, exactly. No, I, I think I like that intimacy, first of all, of supporting people, but I think I'll gain, I'll gain so much insight from that process and what they need and, and I think I would need that before I moved it to a, you know a one-to-many offering which I probably don't see happening for another I know at least six months I mean I, I guess I'd want a good run with some one-on-one clients before I move to that yeah so so that's what the the new product is is more the coaching side of it and is that you're able to take on on top of your current amount of web clients or are you going to be doing less web to make room for this? Yeah. Okay. So 2000, one of the big things that I realized at the end of 2018, I was time tracking and I was pleasure tracking. I was kind of tracking how much I enjoyed each activity. And what I realized was that one of the things that was stressing me out the most was having multiple projects on the go at the same time. So what I decided was for 2019, I would just do one project at a time for a more intensive two-week period. And so I've just started this completely new process. And between each two-week project, I give myself a week with the intention of sometimes there's some ad hoc work that needs to happen, client work. And I also wanted to use that time to sort of focus more on marketing, mm. maybe the one-on-one clients. So I've, at the moment, that's how I've, I'm structuring my time moving forward. And I'm hoping that that's just going to help me be more present with each thing that I'm doing. How's that going so far? Well, I'm in the middle of my first two-week project okay. and I'm loving it because I just find that I'm so much more efficient because I'm not switching tabs mm. constantly. 2019 has gotten off to a bit of a rough start because my husband was in a hospital with typhoid fever and my, my kids had fever too. So that kind of threw my first few weeks of 2019 off. I had all these you know, good intentions oh, yeah. <laughs> of clearing the decks and, you know, getting all inspired and ready. So it didn't get off to quite the start that I'd hoped for. But now that I'm, you know, in the swing of my first two-week project, I'm feeling like, you know, this could work. It's just me also being realistic about how much sort of hourly work I take on in the sort of the weeks in between and, you know, how much time I realistically need for the marketing side yeah. of things. 
I mean, I really like the idea that you have those weeks and that's where you can do your marketing because as you said, as you found with your projects, switching between the headsets is not never the most efficient way to be doing things and the same with marketing. So that having space in that week allows you to get loads of stuff batched so that you're not, it it can be more sort of almost automated. So you're not always thinking, I need to market this and I need to be very conscious and on about everything the whole time. Exactly, yeah, yeah, that's the goal. I mean, you know, with with kids, and I, I, I want to be, at home that's otherwise there's no point being my own boss so mm. you know I, w- I would like my work days to kind of be you know intensive mornings let's say around five hours total and I've realized that in that time in those four or five hours I can really only sink into one thing at a time you know if I'm trying to to switch yeah switch mindsets between these different totally different projects or my business their business then that's when I go a little loopy mm. Okay, so let's talk about what that, having those weeks and and doing your marketing in those weeks, what that might look like. And so obviously you've not really been doing a lot so far. (laughs) Have you done anything since you've been thinking about the heart work stuff? Have you come out of your your cave a little bit or have you still (laughs) kind of been putting it off? Well, given the the first few weeks of 2019, I'm still in my cave. Mm I'm doing your campfire course right now. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's going to help me, you know, do the, the buckets so that I, I feel like I just need a bit of structure. Like I need to just take all the decision making out of it. So and I, and I kind of want to find this system, you know, where, okay, this is these are the blog posts. This is how it, it relates to my Instagram. This is, you know, I kind of just want this ah, system so that one kind of leads into the next. So I'm hoping that, you know, this week by identifying, okay, what are my buckets of content? I'm hoping that's going to give me a bit more clarity around how does everything tie together? Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good point as well, that when you've not been really doing anything much at all, when you're coming into it, you know, (laughs) like completely clean, absolutely nothing, nothing been doing before, that there's all these very different cogs and you can't kind of see how they go together and how much time needs to be spent on this thing versus that thing. And it's really hard to put it together into a system that works for you, which is going to be the kind of crucial thing and working out what you, what job you want each of those channels to do because as you've kind of mentioned it's no good being like oh I'm I've got a newsletter because I do that's what that's what you have to have so I've just got one it's like what do you want that newsletter or that Instagram account or that blog post to do for your business because otherwise yeah it's just existing but it's not connected to the other cogs yeah I I mean that that the cog the cog visual is exactly what I'm trying like now I just feel like they're all separate in my brain and mm-hmm. and I kind of piece them all together so do you think obviously you've done the the audience homework from campfire now so do you feel pretty clear on who your kind of ideal client is for the coaching work I do and so do you have therefore have an idea of you know where they might be finding you from so where what you know are they going to be searching for you is it going to be recommended by a friend are they avid podcast listeners are they more into reading blogs Do you, have you thought about that at all hmm. I think they're definitely podcast listeners I think they're Instagrammers because I'm quite aware that I'm you know a lot of web designers I think their blog is very much sort of tips and tricks you know mm-hmm how to, you know, cut special code for, for this feature. And, and I've kind of, you know, in my first year, I was like, oh, am I supposed to do that? And I was very uninspired to put out anything like that. And so now that I feel much clearer, I feel like bringing in the coaching side of me, it's really prompts and questions that I, I'm really interested in asking because, you know, I do think it is about asking the right questions and then they do the work. They they take that and they, they go places with it. And so, I mean, I'm sure they do read blogs, but I feel like I can, I'm sort of starting to envision my Instagram feed as being very much about 
the questions that I want them to think about as well as the newsletter. Like I think clarity work is something you need to keep doing with yourself. It's like a check-in with the soul of your business and, you know, are we, are we aligned? Are we, are we doing what we're meant to be doing? And so even with the newsletter, I see the value being kind of, yeah, the hard work, you know, keep mm-hmm. keeping, keep bringing them back to the heart of what they're doing. Yeah, I think that, yeah, it does. And that's, it's good that you're doing that because that is the thing that makes you unique because as you've identified, there are a lot of web designers who talk about web design all in kind of the same way. And there's nothing that, you know, if you were to just write about web design without any of your own personal input or what separates you from other web designers, like that's not going to help people make a decision. Whereas talking about the heartwork stuff which you've developed yourself and is the thing that actually really lights you up and separates you from other web designers is absolutely the thing to be focusing on because that's the the umbrella if you like for your business for your just web clients and your coaching clients that's the thing that you need them both to buy into that in order to work with you really because you don't want somebody coming who's like I don't care about that stuff just make me a website (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and that's kind of what I'm realizing that by not being fully expressed in my brand by being a word of mouth business, which I'm very grateful for till now, you know, people come to come to me sometimes because I'm the convenient option or, mm. you know, they trust me because they're friends that have told them about me. But that means I'm not always doing the work that absolutely lights me up because mm. I think the people that I really want to work with are people who feel called to do their hard work and they're usually sort of quiet, soulful types but they've just, they're just like bursting with, you know, inspiration and aspiration. But when it comes to distilling what they do into words and a website, they just fall short and they get stuck. They just don't know how to do themselves justice. And, you know, those are the people that I, mm. I really, really love working with because, you know, it's just really special and kind of reflect back to them sort of some magic that they've just overlooked or a story that they haven't claimed or you know that sort of that sort of experience is what I most adore okay so I think then if we continue to sort of use the idea of this machine that I've yeah <laughs> I've started so I'm going to finish with this analogy <laughs> um, I'm going to commit to it and so what we really need to think about is the customer journey for you because you've got all these cogs which are just kind of floating around and they're not connected with each other. So you've got to think about the journey the customer goes on as from before they even find you to finding you to how they interact with your brand and all the different touch points and then they come out at the other end of that machine as a nice little boxed up (laughs) client. And so it's... (laughs) See, it works. The analogy works. So it's where are they dropping into? Is it... So at the moment, it might be the word of mouth and that actually that's going to be quite a short journey because they're, they're finding you via that word of mouth, having a quick look at a website, be like, yeah, that's fine, and speaking to you. Whereas for people who aren't coming through that route, it's going to be a slightly longer journey as they kind of learn to know and trust you. So if we say, for example, let's not use this podcast as an example, or maybe there's somebody listening who is like, I need my heart work. <laughs> and so they found you through this podcast. And then you've got to think, what are the things that you can do to move them through that journey, through that machine, if you like, towards the other end? So is it that you would prefer them to go to your Instagram and follow you there? And what does that Instagram do? Is it there to be very community centered? Is it quite introductory? So you talk about the very top level stuff rather than getting too much deeper or would you rather they go to your website first and then maybe your blog is there to again draw them deeper into understanding the heart work and then what does your newsletter do in terms of that journey is that something that is deeper still like you've said about the prompts and people continuing to to have those questions and those check-ins is that for more kind of people who are already get heart work it's not as introductory So that's what you've got to start thinking about as you've got all these disparate cogs is thinking about the journey the person's going to take through them and therefore how they join together. Yeah. Well, I think the most direct journey is to go to my website, say from, you know, a podcast or 
I suppose, an, an Instagram post. Um, and I kind of wa- really want to center it all around the heart work offerings. So, yeah, by the time this goes live, I will have like a free heart work prompts workbook, which currently I'm, I'm using just with my clients, but I want to make that available for, for free. I really hope that it's going to help them just sink deeper into themselves and just find some nuggets that, you know, they hadn't considered. And, you know, I hope they get that sort of tingling clarity that some of my clients have experienced. And from there, you know, I think if, if they like, okay, I've got it now, I, I can change the copy on my website. Great. You know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'd be really happy for them, but there'll probably be some be like, okay, great. I've sort of, I've dug deep, but now I need someone to, you know, bounce ideas off and hash this out with and, you know, get to the heart of it all. Then, you know, I'd hope that they'd consider some coaching with me. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably the most direct route. And then, of course, you know, if they from there want to sign up to my newsletter as well, then I would be, I'd sort of be continuing that journey with them, I suppose, like just continuing the prompts. So that it's like, I guess every month I just like to be in their inbox to kind of bring them back to what, you know, the heart of what they're doing. And then some of those clients might, you know, having worked with me, done all this clarity work, think you're the person to write, to do my website. Clearly (laughs) (laughs) they might become a website client too. So I think that's kind of the most direct journey I can think of. Yeah. So so when you're, you're putting the workbook live as a free thing, is that, to opt into your newsletter yes and yeah. i do it the gdpr way where yeah, they yeah, have yeah. Click <laughs> no i was just checking because you said oh they might then want to sign up to my newsletter i was like no 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 let them sign up before <laughs> yeah yeah but no that's it's good that you are wanting to center it all around the website because it it sounds obvious but some people it doesn't always click that the instagram isn't the end point and having that free resource is also when you are emerging if you like out of your cave and you're you're starting to introduce yourself to people and to the internet generally having an offer which is free is a really kind of nice way to do it for you and for other people as well because you're not coming out and being like hire me hire me hire me hire me and that's the only thing that you could do you can go out and you can use marketing that workbook as a little tester of you know testing the market see what works when you're marketing generally and use it as a nice offer for people to get to know you with rather than it being give me money or or nothing (laughs) yeah yeah no definitely definitely Mm. yeah so that's the kind of plan then and you're thinking about that customer journey is that everything is pushing people to the website and to that that opt-in so you want to make sure that you know your your Instagram is focused on making sure people are pushed in that direction rather than they just stay there and hang out and your newsletter really follows on from that opt-in and pushes people more towards the paid options like not in a pushy way but that's the next step for those people so then that kind of leaves your your blog, which is going to be doing the similar sort of work of getting people to sign up to the opt-in, but also introducing you to people. And then might be some options for quite search-related posts, like how do I find my business purpose and that kind of thing. So if that's the kind of plan, what are the alarms going off in your head of I'm scared I'm not going to be able to do this this feels worrying this feels terrifying what are the things that you're worried about I think I'm I'm worried about consistency and sort of just being overwhelmed by all the channels that I'm I'm trying to all the balls that I'm trying to keep in the air so you know, I want to make sure I don't get ahead of myself and I'd rather just go at a slow and easy pace Mm-hmm. I'd not be too ambitious. With Instagram, I know I've had this huge block because I'm always, I, I keep thinking, well, if I'm a web designer, then I have to have this perfectly curated feed. And that just keeps me stuck because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, then I have to figure out this and that. And that I have to keep churning out beautiful pictures. And if they're not my pictures, is that a problem? And so I've just been totally overthinking the whole mm-hmm. Instagram thing. Mm-hmm. And 
I keep asking myself, okay, what's the simplest way to do this? What's the simplest way to do this? And, you know, your, your recent blog post on all this time you're spending agonizing over this yeah. or that, <laughs> or just not getting your stuff out there. So I've really taken that to heart. And I, I kind of just want to find a way that is just so simple. So, you know, one thought I had, you know, in, instead of, oh, don't feel precious to keep coming up with beautiful pictures and, and all that is I just want to focus on like, I don't know, showcasing the people that I've worked with and, and putting out those, you know, just quotes and because words are actually really important to me. So whilst a lot of, I think, web designers are very image focused, I, I, my brain just works in words. And so I guess I just want to, you know, give myself permission to okay, just do it your way, you know, just whether it's the quotes or the prompts or, you know, whatever just feels easy to you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that, that's been a block for me, yeah. the kind of my Instagram has to look perfect block. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's funny that there's two things that come up for me. One is that even if what you're doing, it feels like the inverted commas right way to do stuff and it's what you should be doing, if it means you're not doing it, it's not working so absolutely wrap it up and find a way that does yeah and also you've identified that you've gone at it from from your very much your what so I am a web designer therefore it has to look like this because this is what web designers do whereas actually you should come from it from your why but also from your who so is your audience what do they like to see on Instagram? What, when they're scrolling through, is the kind of picture that's going to catch their eye? When they come to a feed, what do they want to see? And actually, if your people are not just looking for a web designer, they're looking for that clarity there, they want somebody that they can trust to do that work with, having quite a flat web designery feed isn't going to tell them that's what you are. Yeah, I think in my first year, I was just trying to fit in. I, I kind of mm. felt like I needed to prove that I was a web designer yeah. because I sort of jumped into it quite abruptly. So I was very much in this watch and learn, try and fit in, mm -hmm. show that you know what you're doing. <laughs> thing. And so I think my intention with Instagram was, okay, show that, you know, show that you're a web designer, show that, you know, put posters, nice stylish pictures, you know, mm -hmm. showcase your work, showcase your work. So that was my intention. And it was very difficult to sustain because it didn't inspire me at mm -hmm. all. It was a bit of a look at me, look at me kind of thing. And therefore, I didn't really get anywhere with it. And as I recently honed in on, on the why, I feel much more excited about, you know, putting out prompts and questions and things that, you know, it's not so much a, oh, that's a pretty picture, but a, oh, that, that gets me thinking. You know, that's kind of what I, I'd like to be known for that more mm -hmm. than just someone who creates beautiful things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I totally get that impulse to want to see what other people are doing and do it because you've got to prove yourself in that space, but you don't need to do that anymore. And that's not going to appeal to your kind of people so looking at some of the places they might already be on Instagram and you know the kind of people that you look up to from a more coaching perspective than a website perspective and see what people in that field are doing so you can kind of take ideas from it but also make sure that when you're looking at pe other people you're always saying how does this feel to me rather than oh I've got to do that it's how can I adapt this how can I use this how can I make this more me and then experiment with those things that light you up and that you want to do but also that you can repurpose stuff so as you're doing blog posts for example you can create a graphic of a quote from that blog post or you can create five <laughs> and you can fit them through your feed or those prompts if you used one in a newsletter three months ago you can use it on the Instagram now and that kind of thing because that's going to help with the a consistency because if you're putting out the same kind of message on various different places it's that is what consistency is but also with that overwhelm that you're not having to create absolutely original fresh things every single time for every single channel you can pick and choose and move cherry pick around to be putting some things from this over here and things from that over there so I think that will help with thinking about that and then just taking some pressure off as well I think especially on Instagram frequency isn't as important as it once was I mean there's probably two years ago I wouldn't have dreamed 
of posting less than once a day or less than six days a week. Whereas now I maybe twice, (laughs) three times. So it's not as important as it once was. And there's always things like stories, which means you can be present without posting on the feed. So if you do have a block with the feed of, oh, I just don't have time until the weekend to have a photo ready, it's better not to just put up any old thing because you want to put something up, but actually just maybe instead of putting something on the feed, you just appear on stories more often until the end of the week when you can post a picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have a question that I'm hoping someone else would ask. (laughs) ask. (laughs) As a regular Instagrammer, how important do you think it is to post original photos? It really depends on your business, who you want to attract, what you want the Instagram to do for you. So for me personally, I wouldn't post non-original photos just because it's kind of something that I like is taking the photos and posting them and and that's my visuals. However, if that's not something that you massively enjoy and it's more about making sure that you can create the right atmosphere for your person. So if your person is going to be attracted to certain types of images that you can't recreate, sometimes it might be better to use the odd one that you've taken from Unsplash or something like that, that when they come to the feed, they can feel at home rather than, oh, someone's tried to do something weird here with this photo that I don't really get. So, I mean, I'm not against it. I think, again, it depends on the type of business you are. I think if you, yeah, if you're trying to teach people how to do Instagram or teach people how to do photography, it's not always the best idea to use other people's images. But really, if you're using it more as like your brand magazine to introduce people to your brand, I think it's okay to have some non-original photos just to kind of make sure that you're getting people through. Yeah, I mean, I love photography. I just don't want the, you know, me not having the time to Mm -hmm. create images that I love to be the reason I don't post you know Mm -hmm. like maybe at some point I'll get into that groove you know I'll feel like okay this is the style and and I'll sort of be in more in flow but right now I just yeah I don't want that to be the reason why Mm. yeah I think that if that's the choice of not posting original photos or just not posting go with whatever makes you do the stuff because that's the most important thing. The most important thing is that you are there, you're visible, you're present, you're putting your voice and your message out there for people to find. Even if that is a slow burn, that it's better that you start now and somebody finds it in three months' time than you start in three months' time and they find it in another three. So yeah, if that's the reason that you're not posting regularly or consistently, like I say, it doesn't have to be every day, but if it's been a week already, just use use another one, use a picture from somewhere, yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that. so is it Instagram really that your main kind of worry with the consistency thing? I, I mean, that's the only one I've had a stab at, you know, mm, so okay. far. So that that's part of, and it's part of, also part of me just being aware of how silly it is that I'm, had this big mental block around it because it should be something much more you know spontaneous and and time efficient so there's that um but because I you know just because I've recently gotten clearer on what my message is I am feeling more confident around you know putting out blog content putting out the newsletter I mean even the newsletter for me is like okay what is the simplest most on-brand thing for you to do and again it was just putting out a prompt every month, you know, like not feeling like I have to come up with all this new content again. I I guess I just want to keep coming back to the, you know, the heart of what I want to do for people. And so just simplifying things really, like again, just that minimal business idea, just what's the simplest, most, you know, elemental thing for your business to do and do that. That's kind of where I'm at. So I think that, you know, creating those buckets is going to enable me to start creating an actual content schedule. And I think once I've got that, Mm. I'm just going to breathe a sigh of relief because I can at least start to visually see how Mm. this is all going to happen and how it's all going to fit together. And at the moment, it's just finding the the time and the space to actually do that. But now that my husband's 
not in hospital and my kids not with fever it's more likely to happen yeah I think that calendar will really help you as you say to to visually see it but also it takes that decision making out of it that's what I always find with with anything that you're creating but particularly with marketing content when it's not something that you particularly like (laughs) or that that you tend to overthink that if you can take any decisions that you have to make out of it by having that calendar there as a, as a skeleton for you to work from that just means you can just do it when you have that free week and you think oh I need to write a month's worth of blog posts well they're already there planned you just need to almost like a paint by numbers kind of exercise fill in the color in the gaps so I think that will really help you and similarly with the Instagram as well you can use a gallery planning app if you're not already yeah I've got late later I think yes. I've got yeah. yeah so that helps as well if you can keep that nice and full it means that you've got no real excuse to not be posting <laughs> for, for me I'm, I'm aware that the personal challenge is that because I'm a bit of a, a yes person I find it difficult to say no. So my something I need to be really mindful of is that I don't start filling those weeks with a lot of hourly work, mm. especially in the early days when I haven't quite gotten into the groove yet and I haven't quite found my my rhythm yet. I think that's going to th- keep throwing me off course. So mm. I'm just like talking to note to self, you know, honor the, honor the space of, the, of those weeks for your own business, especially before you get into the of it. Mm. There's a, a podcast episode which is it's a Janet Murray's podcast and the guest is called Mike Vardy. He talks about having themed days. And that's something that I found really useful in my business that you know a Tuesday is just a content day. So nothing gets booked in that's not creating content you know I get up on a Tuesday and I already know what I'm doing because I've got my content calendar there that's telling me what to write or whatever and that really helps to make sure that if you're theming those days and then you know for me Wednesdays and Thursdays are client days and so they are always just blocked out and nothing else gets put on those days and things like that so that might be something that you'll find really helpful and in these first couple of weeks and months of doing this it might need to flex as you start to think well actually I need more like two days for this and and three days for that for example that's something that I'd recommend having a think about and and trying out different variations of that yeah yeah Yeah, I think in my mind I was like oh you know you've you've blocked out a week for this but in reality I've let you know hourly works slip in so I think within those weeks like you say then breaking it down into themed days because a week is really long. <laughs> so you don't you don't need a whole week to do all of your marketing stuff, especially because you're going very minimal with it. But that's the thing when you then don't give any more boundaries. You're like, oh, I've got a whole week. I can just do this and I can do this Halloween work. And then you, it ends up not being done, even though you gave it loads of time. Whereas actually, if you're like, no, I've got two days and they are precious. That really Yeah, help. yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a good point. So how are you feeling about everything now? We've been a bit round the houses with it all, but do you feel more like you've got a kind of visual idea of how all the different channels work together and then using your content calendar and your buckets to kind of give that a bit more of a system and then using your time planning and things like that to keep focused on getting what you need to get out out and I think that you've already got a very good mindset of what can I do that's the simplest easiest thing to get this actually done (laughs) rather than trying to overthink it so I guess it's always keeping the lid on that as well of it doesn't have to be this because I am a web designer or it has to be this because I am a coach it's letting it come from who you serve and why you serve them yeah yeah it it does feel good and and, you know I think just now that I've catching my breath around the start of the year and family and all that I think the next step for me is just to give my yeah give myself space to figure out those buckets start drawing mapping out that schedule and yeah just staying really focused around the hard work I think is keeping it super Mm -hmm. simple and streamlined and just creating a flow around that journey I think Mm -hmm. yeah good no, I think, it, yeah, it's all, it's all there. You just need to kind of strip out the noise a bit because you do know what you're doing. 
you just need to remember that and not think, oh, but do I have to go and do this now? And so, yeah, just really stick to your guns with it because you've got the right idea, definitely. And then actually follow through with it and do the stuff, which is the hardest bit. (laughs) (laughs) The planning and things is all fun and nice, but then you've got to actually do it. (laughs) Yes, but, you know, at least I found, like, I guess I found the heart of what I want to do, which gets me really excited Mm. about creating that content I think you know if you haven't found that yet then it, it can feel like yeah. work to try oh I've got to come up with another post another mm-hmm. post but I think when you've got it you know when you're excited enough about a very clear core message then I think yeah ideas just flow I've kind of got pages and pages of notes of ideas mm-hmm. <laughs> just now I just need to kind of put them into the buckets and figure out my cogs and get them all humming along mm-hmm Sounds good. So I've got the last question to ask you, which is how do you grow with soul in your work and life? So for me at the moment, it's all down to creating space for myself. And that space for me is, is just really time to sink, to sink in yeah, and, and sort of get back in touch with the heart of what I want to do. And I think that that's when you sort of start to filter out the noise and the shoulds and all the things and just, you know, come back to this really clear, quiet space. Um, so, yeah, that, that's what it looks like for me. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people come and find you and connect with you and follow your journey online? All right. So my website is zionicreations.com. So that's Z-E-O-N-I creations. And I'm on Instagram, same name, Zioni Creations. And there'll be a free workbook for anyone who wants to go a little deeper into what they're all about and find that clarity in their own brand very soon. Awesome. Thanks so much, Christina. Thank you, Kate. So lovely to chat. And that was that. All the links that we mentioned will be on my website, which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me and Christina on Instagram. I'm at simpleandseason and she's at Zioni Creations. As always, if you think you have a friend who'd really benefit from listening to this conversation, please do send them the link to the episode and share where you're listening and tag me because I always love to see you. Until next time, I hope you grow with soul. <laughs>